Let a house be in the house, go on the hill on the home. A little bone the hips got nipped most time to hate. If that boy can't scat, I don't put you in the house, be in the home. You bet I can, 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 you bet I can. Listen. Bop do deep do deep do deep do deep 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 Oh yeah, that was uh, Jesse Jesse Jones. This is a new CD in the station. Uh, the father of Scat Hop. He's, I guess, a Miami jazz player, but I guess he wanted to do something different. So um, if only I had the time, I would. Uh, I would I would dig up some Lambert Hendrix and Ross to go with that, but uh, Dick Whaley's uh, in in Studio A. We're about to do the Gray Matters, but let me tell you what you heard before that. Uh, before that, we heard the Blackman Arnold Group doing Cha Cha from Blackman Arnold Live, and before that, we heard Danny Elfman doing Blue Strings from Serenata Schizophrena, which is what he did after Oingo Boingo. Uh, you ready, Mr. Whaley? I'll hand it over to you. Oh, thank you very much. That last piece was. Uh inspiring i felt like i was in new orleans <laughs> it had a nice kind of jazz funk combo that uh, makes the the new orleans uh sort of uh, variety of music so uh, absolutely wonderful to experience in person so i uh, highly recommend going down to new orleans particularly for the blues and jazz festival skip mardi gras that gets a little too rowdy the Jazz Festival uh, in late April, early May is uh, one of uh, the premier uh, entertainment events in the United States of America. Well, in any case, uh, welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. And I am indeed Dick Whaley. Uh, my partner, Jim Dwyer, has uh, other responsibilities tonight. I'm sure that uh, he's... Uh, <laughs> Realizing he's got to go back to school. He's, of course, a local public uh, uh, high school teacher here in Ann Arbor and uh, probably has to get the lesson plan going, deal with the uh, administrative and bureau uh, bureaucratic aspects of his job. And uh, he filled in for me last week while I was uh, down in Ohio seeing the parents and whatnot. In any event, uh, we're entering a new decade a new year, out with the old, in with the new. Real quick on the uh, U of M football coach situation, since obviously the, this is a big local story that I'll just uh, deal with rather quickly. It strikes me that uh, Rodriguez des definitely has to go. The question is, do we get rid of him now or do we uh, ride him for one more year while we go through an orderly process of finding the right coach? Now, Jim Harbaugh... Uh, who uh, coached, uh, who uh, played at U of M uh, back in the uh, the Bow era. I think he might have been a crossover Bow uh, Moeller guy. I'll have to check that out. But anyway, decent career in the NFL, nothing spectacular, but a real cerebral, cerebral kind of dude. His brother coaches the, Miami, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, so he comes from a coaching family. His father was an assistant coach at U of M for a, a, a spell, and uh, coached at Western Michigan, so he's uh, a quote-unquote Michigan man. If uh, Harbaugh wants the job, I believe it's his, and uh, they should offer him the job. And if he uh, turns Michigan down, they should probably just stick with Rodriguez for one more year while they find the right guy. 
One thing about football that's interesting is after the bowl season and after the NFL season, which just concluded yesterday, there are a uh, variety of coaches available for all kinds of reasons. And it strikes me that Michigan really needs to take its time and find the right person. Rodriguez's philosophy about football is just never going to work in the Big Ten. And as I watched the uh, pathetic performance in that ball game the other day, uh, the third straight blowout, I might add, against uh, superior teams, uh, talent-wise, uh, in terms of Big Ten-style football, Rodriguez seems to still be confused about what conference he's in, and he thinks that his spread offense is going to work. He has way too many uh, wide receivers on the team and not enough defensive players, as has been very evident from the last couple of seasons. So I think that the process should be orderly, and I just want to make a quick comment. Uh, Michigan athletics uh, has been in disarray, uh, unfortunately, for quite some time. I date it back to 1989 when uh, Bo Schembechler, who had... Uh, already retired from coaching, was named athletic director uh, briefly, and he created an amazing amount of disorder uh, in a sort of, uh, I, I guess you'd call it a sinecure. <laughs> he was given a uh, athletic uh, director's job that he really wasn't qualified for, and the main reason was he wanted to name Moeller as his head coach, which he did. And I had no problems with Gary Moeller as a football coach. He sort of introduced the uh, pro-style offense as well as some aspects of uh, Bo's uh, system. And Lloyd Carr was part of that process. The Internet got Lloyd Carr fired. There was way too much uh, panicky uh, hysteria about uh, our loss to Appalachia State, uh, Appalachian State that one year. And fundamentally, the reason that Michigan lost this bowl game so decisively was this uh, Mississippi State team played Big Ten football. They ran the ball right at you. And if you can't stop that, you can't win uh, a bowl game like that, and you certainly can't win in the Big Ten. So Rodriguez has to go. Uh, doesn't seem to be willing to uh, reevaluate his philosophy regarding football. The question is now, or do we uh, ride him out for one year and do the orderly thing? Hopefully Brandon will make the right decision, and I think we'll know at the end of the week. Uh, needless to say, the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers have fired uh, Mike Singletary recently, so Harbaugh could be uh, a candidate to be the uh, NFL uh, coach at, uh, in San Francisco for the 49ers. Remember that Bill Walsh, uh, a legendary coach, went from Stanford to San Francisco. So I guess it's really a question of uh, where is Jim Harbaugh's heart? Uh, is it uh, with college football, or uh, does uh, he want a promotion to the NFL, so to speak? Time will tell. We'll know by the end of the week. I believe Stanford plays tonight in a bowl game. Uh, maybe we'll know after the game. Maybe we'll know tomorrow. But we'll certainly know by the end of the week. And uh, let's remember that football is a game. It's also a business. Uh, professional football is a massive business here in the United States. And so is college football. And uh, it's Vince Lombardi that famously said, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. And that is somewhat applies to politics as we enter a new era of um, gadgets and budgets, not widgets. On that note, we turn to uh, public affairs, our, uh, our uh, normal uh, 
subject matter down here on Gray Matters. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to, to see how uh, things evolve this year regarding uh, the political dynamics in the United States of America. It's been made quite, ob uh, quite evident, uh, as we saw some more governors get inaugurated today, including most notably J uh, Jerry Brown in California, that state budgets are under enormous uh, pressure uh, to balance their budgets. Most uh, private economists and experts note that uh, state budgets collectively around the country have to come up with about $140 billion in cuts. Michigan is no exception. Um, Snyder, I believe, our governor here in Michigan, is off to a uh, conciliatory start. He's named uh, some Democrats to some positions, and he strikes me as a guy that's uh, going in the pragmatic uh, direction uh, for governing, and we'll see how that works. Uh, I heard a newly inaugurated governor in his uh, State of the State address say that his budget proposal would be, quote, reasonable, balanced, and painful, uh, which is an interesting combination of uh, priorities. Uh, it's the pain that uh, one wonders, uh, what, what, what kind of pain are we talking about? We on Gray Matters have noted that uh, the, the fundamental problem with the United States is that it's economic, uh, there are structural problems with the American economy, and uh, our country is not confronting the, 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 the fact that we spent uh, $15 trillion on the Cold War uh, with very little to show for it other than a lot of uh, nuclear waste. Uh, we didn't win the Cold War. That's a myth that the media has created uh, to placate um, a political constituency here in the United States that uh, it can only be characterized as delusional. Uh, the winner of the Cold War, uh, the winners of the Cold War were China and Germany. Germany because it got reunified. Germany because it focused on its uh, economic uh, future, uh, not its military past. And America is mired in a form of... Uh, sort of romanticized militarism and imperialism that has to go. And the real challenge for the United States in the 21st century, in my opinion, is not to become isolationist. Uh, no one is proposing that down here on Gray Matters. But we must uh, get our budget priorities in order. A couple of important things to note here. Uh, recent Harper's Index. Uh, and I, actually, I took this courtesy of the uh, Funny Times, the December 10th edition, and I suspect this is from a Harper's Index from a couple of months ago because they have a little item in, in here about Halloween. But uh, uh, the percentage of this year's federal budget deficit attributable to the Bush tax cuts and the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, 38%. That's 40% 40, uh, 40 of, the, of the deficit problem that we're hearing so much hysteria about uh, now that the Tea Party uh, Republicans and some of the mainstream Republicans are going to confront one another on the ideology regarding government spending. And we're going to hear lots and lots of chit-chat about cutting spending. Well, the question is, where is the spending going to be cut? Uh, it's very fashionable to talk about earmarks, but they are 
while in some cases incredibly wasteful, in some cases they're stimulative, but they amount to a very, very small percentage of the budget. The wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and the tax cuts do not. That's part of the deficit. And in one of the most interesting um, economic analysts uh, analysis uh, that I uh, am, am going to refer to right here, uh, it was a piece that appeared in the uh, August 30th, 2008 edition of the New York Times on the business section. And analysis by Floyd Norris, uh, who I think is one of the better uh, sort of big picture macro um, perspectives on what's going on in the American economy. And he has an absolutely wonderful chart. The headline of the article uh, regarding the long-term demographics and the structural problems of the American economy, the title of the article is Shallow Recessions, Shallow Recoveries. And what he demonstrates is over time, dating back to the uh, recovery of uh, October 1949 to July of 1953, when few of us uh, were yet born, uh, this basically was the start of the, of the baby boom generation. And I mention this baby boom generation because uh, 2011 has always been um, identified as the beginning of the demographic Social Security um, stress uh, aspect to the American um, American society. The baby boom generation is roughly defined are people born in 1946 to uh, 1964, and this is when uh, it's quite clear from uh, census data and whatnot that there was an actual explosion in the um, birth rate here in the United States during the war, during the Second World War, and the Great Depression, there was a huge decline uh, in the birth rate for economic reasons. And it's interesting to note in the same uh, Harper's Index that I just mentioned, uh, this little uh, social item says the percentage change in sales of birth control for women in the United States since 2007 13. That indicates that women who uh, practice family planning, which um, all women should, uh, you can't trust that guy. <laughs> uh, that's my advice to women out there. Uh, you have to unfortunately assume the responsibility. Uh, people are dishonest. Um, don't trust him. He's a rat, he's a dog. So, yeah, that, that indicates that women have uh, gotten the message about the tougher economic times that we're in. Of course, the uh, Bureau of Economic Research uh, Institute or whatever it is that officially defines the recession says that the current recession started in December of 2007. After looking at some of the economic data from 2007, I would argue that it actually probably started in March of 2007. Uh, the media did an absolutely horrendous job of uh, identifying this problem. In fact, it's ironic that the uh, stock market went to an all-time high in the fall of 2007, uh, much of which is starting to recover. There has been a stock uh, recovery in recent months, probably connected to quantitative easing. Uh, it's no mystery that uh, Bernanke had the quantitative easing uh, announcement uh, several days, literally days, 
uh, literally hours after the midterm elections in which he saw, as uh, the media was predicting, big gains for the Republican Party. Well, he knows that they're talking up the wrong game. He's a student of the Great Depression. So he created more liquidity, more stimulus for the American economy. The effect thus far, ironically, has been the rise of the stock market, but not a corresponding rise of job uh, creation. Earlier, I mentioned that Germany uh, was one of the winners of the Cold War, along with China. China, of course, went through their economic uh, reform era when Deng Xiaoping took over in 1979. Under Mao, China was isolated, isolationist, and uh, in some cases barbaric uh, in terms of their economic policy. But they also uh, were um, dealing with... Um, historical problems related to Western imperialism and uh, overpopulation, uh, to say the least. What's interesting about the Floyd Norris piece that I identified on the uh, as the 30th of uh, August 2008 is this is shortly before the uh, financial crisis here in the United States became evident to virtually everyone uh, in uh, the world, <laughs> because this was a global crisis. He's got a, 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 a historical chart of one, two, three, let's see, about 10 different recoveries uh, and corresponding recessions. Mainly these are the recoveries. And what the data shows clearly is that domestic uh, GDP is, is steadily in decline. Um, the recovery of 1949, August, uh, October of 1949 to July of 1953, we had a do, uh, domestic uh, GDP annualized growth rate of almost um, 7.5%. The most recent recovery, uh, November 1st to uh, October 7th, identified by Norris, it was only 2.7. And if you draw, if you look at the historical recoveries, there's a steady erosion of less and less growth. Uh, we've talked about that down here on Gray Matters, that uh, economic growth is overrated as an identifier. The people who think that America is going to, quote, grow its way out of the uh, recession are um, not smoking the right dope. Because... <laughs> We're not going to grow our way out of the recession. We're a mature economy with a jobless problem. And our jobless problem is structural. During this last economic downturn, the German economy had an organized industrial policy, quote unquote, in which corporations did not lay people off. They'd simply reduce the hours. And of course, because Germany had a social safety net far superior to the United States, don't listen to this rubbish on television that somehow these uh, European economies are all in trouble. Some of them are for different reasons. Greece, for instance, has a tax collection problem. Ireland had a uh, housing bubble that, that popped uh, several years ago, as we've detailed uh, down here on Gray Matters from a recent uh, piece in the New York Review of Books that uh, shows that the Irish housing um, bubble was unsustainable, that it was based on uh, absolutely um, unsustainable economic numbers that caused prices to go way up, a supply of houses to go way up, and simply not enough buyers uh, with enough income to support uh, that um, level of expansion. The other interesting thing about the Norris chart uh, from 
uh, August of 2008. Remember, shortly before Fannie Mae uh, crisis, uh, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, shortly before the Lehman Brothers collapse in uh, on September 15th. Precisely two weeks, by the way, uh, from the uh, Michigan uh, Notre Dame Rich Rodriguez collapse in the football game. Well, what this chart shows is that there's a steady decline not only in GDP, but in non-farm payrolls uh, in, during these expansions, during uh, also real personal income, real industrial production steadily declines uh, in each succeeding recovery. And uh, a, a little uh, less uh, of, of a picture on um, manufacturing recovery. But it's interesting that since the expansion of November uh, 1970 to November of 73, in which manufacturing growth uh, was 9.1%, there also has been a steady decline uh, in the uh, data uh, on uh, real manufacturing and trade sales, indicating that these recoveries are weaker and weaker and weaker over, over time. And what this shows empirically and beyond any reasonable doubt, uh, the American economy has structural problems connected to how our economy is organized and where our priorities are. Uh, we've talked down here about the budget and the misplaced uh, defense uh, spending of the American economy. Uh, let's note that the United States continues to spend almost 10 times what China does. Um, Germany isn't even on the map. And it's interesting that Germany, with about one-third the number of people that the United States has, out-exports the United States. <laughs> that gives you an idea of why. And it's not because of cheap labor. Uh, German workers make more with benefits than American workers. And uh, unions in America are at their all-time weakest, uh, basically the weakest uh, they've been in 70 years. And America continues to have declining real wages. This is the fundamental problem. This is why the housing bubble was unsustainable. You had a situation where the media had hyped real estate as some sort of a panacea for wealth creation. Uh, we were told that you could buy a, a house in Las Vegas in 2004, do some minor improvements, and double your money. Uh, you can't have rising housing prices when real income is declining. That's economically impossible, and this is exactly why America got into the economic bubble that it did. Of course, there are lots of other explanations, including fraud, um, the uh, uh, creation and the securitization of these uh, mortgage-backed securities uh, that Wall Street created, uh, a failure of regulation, inadequate re regulation, um, basically, the uh, foxes were running the chicken house, and uh, the chickens have come home to roost, um, so to speak. And uh, this article by Floyd Norris, dated the 30th of August, 2008, is just highly recommended because it, you know, it's only about six or seven paragraphs, but it shows so um, palpably what the real problem with the American economy is in terms of these su successive recoveries, and we're currently in a uh, what's known as a jobless recovery. Economic growth is going up, but very 
very slowly. I don't know what the, the latest revised GDP statistics were, but it was something in the neighborhood of 2.2 or 2.3 percent, which incidentally is lower than uh, the November 2001 to October 2007 annualized GDP growth rate of 2.7 percent. So the historical trends would continue, and I'm willing to bet if uh, Floyd Norris, who I will count on him to do so, at a future date does an update of this chart, we will continue to see the slopes of these uh, tables continue in the same direction. That is a continuing decline of annualized GDP, a continuing decline in uh, growth of uh, non-farm payrolls, a continuing decline in real personal income, a real a continuing decline in industrial production, and a continuing decline in uh, manufacturing and trade sales. So uh, keep your eyes on those numbers. Um, I should hasten to add that um, one of the reasons that I like this looking at the big picture is that the United States must confront these demographic uh, issues head on. Um, don't count on politicians to do so. Uh, we continue to see way too much business as usual. It was interesting for me to note that over the holidays, Obama was forced to make some recess uh, appointments, uh, including the assistant attorney general. Now, what kind of a country operates in the real world in which your number two man in the Justice Department, a very, very important aspect of, of, of the federal government, is allowed to a senator, an unnamed senator, is allowed to keep a secret hold on the nominating process. This guy's nomination was held up uh, basically for nine months. And under this recess appointment, uh, this man is given a job for a year, and then he has to go back through the nominating process. This system is outrageous and, and broken. And it will be very interesting to see what happens in a couple of days when there is a proposed change of the rules in the Senate regarding filibusters. I don't know if it's going to pass, but uh, it's, an, uh, it's a majority vote. Joe Biden has to introduce the resolution. And I think, uh, and unfortunately for the dog and pony show, they're going to make the proposal on the rules change and then it will fail. And we'll be back to uh, budget uh, business as usual unfortunately. Very interesting today in the, in the media sector, by the way, that the big story was the fact that Goldman Sachs and an unidentified Russian uh, financial institution pumped a bunch of money into Facebook. Later in the day, I, I saw this on the wires uh, early this morning, around five in the morning, and later today it was announced by uh, Fox the Fox Corporation, that they're um, laying off half the people at MySpace. MySpace, by the way, employs a grand total of 1,100 people. Half the people there are losing their jobs. So you do the math. We're talking about 550. Um, it's great that these, cor that these uh, media corporations, and of course Zuckerberg, uh, you know, subject of a, of a movie that I haven't yet seen, The Social Network, but all the Media critics and film reviewers are claiming this movie's going to win the Academy Award. Name Times uh, Magazine's Man of the Year. Um, don't know about that. Um, I have some problems with my space. I have some problems with uh, the <laughs> privacy issues and who they're working for and 
who they're collaborating with and where all this information ends up. Be cautious uh, regarding MySpace, but you can't dispute if it globally ha- if it globally has 500 million users that this is a a corporation on the move, and whether it goes into an IPO, because I mentioned the Goldman Sachs uh, investment, uh, they are going to benefit enormously from uh, any IPO that my that my uh, Facebook, I should say, might uh, engage in. We'll see. Stay tuned. Um, so uh, the, the the upcoming. Uh, Rules change proposed for the Senate. Uh, Very interesting. Keep an eye on that. Um, Other things to keep an eye on in the upcoming year, by the way, are do we have some real job growth? Do we have uh, some uh, more of these uh, foreclosure modifications uh, since many uh, economists are predicting that that problem is is, is actually going to get worse? Just wanted to mention, by the way, that you are listening to WCBN FM and Arbor. We definitely like to thank Andrew for engineering once again down here. And Yazoo City Calling should be coming up shortly. Uh, it's very bizarre, by the way, that Yazoo City in Mississippi had two tornadoes this past year. Touched down in the same place twice. Unbelievable. And, of course, over the weekend we saw incredibly bizarre weather all over the country. Blizzards in uh, Arizona. Um Tornadoes in the middle of the country in which people died. Uh, thunderstorms uh, on January 1st, New Year's Eve. Very strange indeed. And uh, don't be, well, don't be confused that this isn't part, uh, cont- a continuation of the changes regarding uh, climate change and, uh, and global warming. Another little uh, item, I always like these kind of little brief items that uh, illustrate things uh, quite clearly uh, to the public, uh, is, is courtesy of re- regarding pet ownership. And I, I found this uh, little item interesting. It was in the business section of the uh, New York Times, an article by Paul Sullivan, regarding the cost of owning a pet. And, uh, of course, Americans, um, some Americans, in my opinion, spend way too much on pets, uh, many pets in America uh, quite frankly, live better than uh, maybe three billion people on the planet. And when I hear uh, discussion of uh, pet cemeteries and uh, you know uh, pet hotels and all sorts of weird, twisted stuff, in my opinion, regarding priorities, uh, I uh, cringe a bit. Uh, of course, I. Love animals like all humans do. Animals, of course, are wonderful to own uh, if you own one. And I do not uh, disparage any pet owner out there, but uh, be aware of the costs. The uh, American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals estimates the cost of a large dog at $875 a year for food, medical expenses, toys and a few related expenses, and $560 for the first year setup costs. The estimate for a cat is $670 a year, with first year expenses at $365 for a total of $1,035. That's a significant amount of money, and uh, if you're struggling out there, and I don't know... uh, 
at any time who's listening uh, to our uh, show down here. But be aware of those costs uh, when looking at your per- personal budget. Be aware that uh, taking care of pets is a moral responsibility, and uh, those are the costs. And speaking of costs, I wanted to very quickly mention...